You're very welcome to Friday Afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Well, 62,000, 62,000 students received their Leaving Cert results today and I'm sure they're digesting at the moment what it means and it's a great achievement to do the exams and get through it. I have to say that to everybody and congratulations to all who've completed uh, the Leaving Cert cycle because these recent years it hasn't been easy by any means. Now we're going to reflect on the results today with a very good friend of ours. I think he's the nearest guest to late lunch because he's just come across the road from St. Oliver's Community College. He is the principal there and he's a good friend of ours. John Halpin, welcome back to the show. Thank you very much, Sherry. Great to be here. It's great to have you with us as well. Well, any big hitters in St. Oliver's this year? You're normally yeah. up there. <laughs> yeah, thankfully, again, we, we, we have uh, successes right across the, the, the school and uh, one of our students um, uh, scored uh, maximum marks and, and and a little bit more as well with seven H1s, uh, which is a tremendous achievement, uh, an amazing achievement to get everything, for everything to work. Fantastic, uh, so, isn't that brilliant? Uh, it is, yeah. And Delighted. it's a young lady? Yes, uh, it's Ishal, Ishal Manwar. Well done, Ishal. What an achievement. John, that takes some doing, doesn't it? It does. It's a, it's a, it's a remarkable achievement. Uh, I was speaking to her this morning and uh, she obviously delighted with herself, but it was a, a true reflection of the work she had done and the attention to detail that she had shown. Um, and uh, uh, it's, we're all very proud of, 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 of Ishal and our, uh, the rest of our students in the school who have done so well, uh, high-scoring subjects, acro- uh, high subjects across the school. Um, a lot of very happy people. We didn't expect too many in today, but the uh, but they have been turning up during the morning just to to, to, to confirm that and to say thanks and uh, we, for us to say well done. Which, mm. And uh, I'd like to offer my congratulations to all of our students, but all 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 the students around uh, and Mead uh, who have done so well and come through such a challenge over the last few years. It's it's a it's a tremendous achievement, and we're all proud of you. Isn't it great to have them come into the school? Because in my day, there was no other way, John. You just had to go in and you'd all that uh, that went along yeah. with that. But that disappeared, really, with the online thing. Um, I suppose it's like the time we brought in the uh, voting machines, you know, and it just <laughs> happened in an instant and you didn't have all that palaver around it. Yeah. Um, it's nice to see faces, isn't it, on this it day? Is. It is, yeah. It, it, it very much is. And uh, it's one of those things that uh, we don't even get the, the full certs anymore, so you don't get the impact of seeing a cert with a full line of results uh, we get a matrix of results uh, which is a lot more a lot more challenging to read mm. but, uh, um, but uh, uh, the technology works for us in some ways and not in others uh, it's probably a little bit better than the voting machines all right. <laughs> oh for sure it's better consigned to history long long ago Um there's been general commentary from the minister, from uh, the teachers' unions, of mm. course, the exam, uh, the state examinations commission as well. Mm. Um, will the you know the allowances, if I'd like to call them that, or the you know the percentages that grades were risen this year, yeah. will that eventually fade away as we get back to full normality? Yeah, uh, the, the expectation is that that. Uh, um, the minister certainly didn't want uh, the results to fall off a cliff edge uh, mm. from one year to the next, uh, but there will be ultimately a return back uh, to uh, a more normal uh, set of results over the coming years. But it'll be phased. It'll be phased in. Yes. Uh, but it'll, it'll also continue to reflect the, the excellent work done by students over the over, over these years, and uh, students will get the results that they should get. There's no mm. question about that. Meant to mention to you, uh, you had a son as well, the That's last right. of yours uh, completing the leaving set. Absolutely. A happy, a happy boy today? Absolutely, yeah. Good, yeah. Good. I, I, himself and his friends are, 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 are uh, off downtown now. So, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, very happy and uh, uh, very proud of him as well uh, to, uh, to, to have come What's through What's his this. name? Owen. Owen, well name. done, Owen. And to you and all your friends Thank as you. well. Congratulations to you all. And we have to say that well done to everybody because, John, yeah. you know, the, the achievement of your highest achiever and the, those who did so, so well yeah. is fantastic. But in life, the leaving yeah. cert, I, I'm on, and we're going to be talking to a, a gentleman in a wee while, Jason McGee, about this. Mm. It's it's the beginning of a new phase of your life, and there absolutely. are many ways to go, John. Abs- absolutely, it's uh, uh, in, in, even in my time as principal, uh, Jerry. We've I've seen a difference in the message I've been able to give to students. Uh, uh, Fifteen years ago, it was a case of, well, you've got one big chance at it, and that's your leaving cert. Whereas now, 
really the world is your oyster. Uh, there are so many ways, so many routes of getting what you want to get and uh, so many ways to support you in getting there. Uh, and it really is a, a, a very much a change for the better and a, a, a very positive reflection on, on, on the structures and, and, society, and the society that we have. Mm, and it's, you know, it was one time, you know, you had to try and get to university mm. or third level or whatever, but you have the likes of Diffie in this area here at Overdone Shockland and me and places we can go and do all the PLC courses all things like that apprenticeships John yeah. people going straight into workplaces very much so very yes. much so in actual fact even uh, even uh, um, next week we have the opening of Drogheda College um, up beside us here uh, for uh, furthering uh, automotive uh, electrical apprenticeships um, yes uh, and the, the whole route itself has opened up entirely. It, it, it's almost a different concept of what we would have thought as as, as apprenticeships, uh, and uh, very much a, a route that's that's open to 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 all students and in a lot of, in a wider range of areas than ever before. And a very exciting area to be in. Mm. Uh, and of course, people that are doing apprenticeships now are getting a very high level of uh, uh, of expertise, uh, and. Uh, uh, so it's yeah, very bright people doing it, uh, doing apprenticeships as well, uh, and uh, uh, making a contribution in in that, those areas. And uh, ultimately, for a lot of us, earning the big bucks as well. So <laughs> that's that's good. the thing. That's the thing about it. The money is there for sure. Yeah. But it, it's important to say as well in life. It's a, it's a point in time, and people move along and change directions, and that's open to everybody as well. Now back to the to today and and what happens beyond this. Uh, mm-hmm. Online marking and viewing of scripts that's yeah. available. Is it, it is, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That uh, uh, that whole process now is open up to, to students. Uh, they uh, they'll be able to view the, the the marks that were allocated to their to their scripts. They'll then ultimately be able to to nominate whether they want to appeal or not. Um, in lots of ways, or uh, the, the the whole online process has helped in in terms of the accuracy in which uh, um, exams are marked. You don't have thirty errors anymore. Um, and that helps, but uh, uh, it's become a lot more transparent for students and a lot more accessible than it ever was. Um, and uh, students, if they have any doubts about uh, uh, any of the subjects, uh, should, should have a look at them first. Very definitely have a look at uh, and see uh, is there areas there which you, you felt you would have merited some extra marks and uh, get them checked. Uh, if you if, if you wish to get them checked, an appeal is it easy enough to make an appeal? Yes, it is. Yes. Yeah, so it's it's all done online now. Uh, uh, it's all done through their portal now. So it's uh, uh, it's it, it's an easy process to do, and they turn around fairly quickly as well. Um, uh, appeal results will 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 generally be available in sort of a space of about three to four weeks. Okay. Oh so yes, yeah. so that's, that's that's good, good news. So it if is. you if you aren't out, John is saying today, uh, do uh, have the check done if you feel if you feel you know genuinely. Yeah. That there's something or some area you may uh, warrant a few more marks and um of course you mentioned your own son and friends etc there's going to be celebrations yes. you know and, and rightly so it's yeah. it's it's a real marker in life but just to temper that a little do mm. go and enjoy yourselves but you know there's care to be taken too there is yeah yeah very much so um my, my suggestion to, to to our young people is celebrate with those that have been part of this journey celebrate with your families your your friends uh they've been a big part of the journey and uh they've uh, they're proud of what you what you've achieved and uh um just make sure that you look after each other be safe uh uh, you've you've got the, the the next phase to go as well, and uh, we want all our young people to take the opportunity to say to say to themselves as well, and do say to yourself, "Well done, I've, I've achieved this." Re- almost regardless of what the result is, it's a great achievement to to actually get to to leaving cert itself, mm. uh, and the rest will work out. Uh, there are lots of support there as well uh, in schools through guidance counsellors and expertise there that that will help you as well. So use all of that, but um, uh, enjoy the the next few days as well because. Um, it is important to, to celebrate success. Yeah, and again, I come back to the point that this cohort who have got the results today yeah. have been affected as their predecessors in the yeah. last couple of years with COVID and all that brought yeah. with it. Yeah, yeah, they, they have. Um, this is the cohort that didn't have a junior cert, for yes. example. And, yes. Uh, um, I know that that came as a shock to them when they were doing sitting exams and sitting mock exams. Uh, um, but um, but they've but they've overcome all those those challenges and adversities over the over the last uh, uh, over the last couple of years and come through it 
and we we're all that, all that little bit stronger from doing that. And mm-hmm. the, uh, but uh, but it adds an extra little dimension of, of of saying, well, well done, well done for getting those. Mm-hmm. Now that's 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 really good news for us all, and good news for for uh, for yourselves and for for um, the future of, of of our community. I noticed the last couple of days here, and I go, oh no, I don't mean it in a bad way, but they're back. Yes, they're back in your first years are in, aren't they? This week already. They are, yeah, yeah. We've, we've had our first years in yesterday and today, and uh, all looking great and in good form. And uh, uh, they've overcome the, the the challenge of of making that first step into 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 the new school, uh, and uh, are all excited today. You're settling into it, uh, getting ready for everybody to come back next week and to take their part as as part of of the community that is that is uh, our school and every other school as well. Um, it's all the cycle starts again as yes. well. Yes, it, it. the wheel just turns, John, it and it turns year on year. And yeah. of course, for those students, they're coming from different schools and they're making new friendships, and yeah. it's, it's it's a big change for them too. Oh, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're very mindful of that as yes. well. That. Uh, uh, that we want everybody to settle in we want the, we want them to, to be happy certainly early on it's much more important that they're happy and settle in than pretty much anything else the rest will come we'll make sure the rest comes uh, and rest assured on that that that, that, that will happen it does happen for, all, uh, for, for, for our students so it's uh, uh, still there's an apprehension there as a change mm. and uh, but an exciting one it is how large are you now in terms of numbers I know you had the claim to being the biggest secondary school second level school in Ireland mm. you you're nearly there, thereabouts again, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. We, we we reckon that uh, there are only two schools in the country that are that are over fifteen hundred students, and we're one of them. Um, we we'd probably be the biggest school this year. It's a lot of people to take care of, and it's, you're the man at the top of the pile. <laughs> it's a big responsibility, John. Yeah, it's an interesting place, yes. and and uh, a tremendous challenge. But I have uh, the most fantastic staff and teachers working with me, and uh, support staff, uh, and above all else. Uh, uh, the, the students that come to our building, we've got an equal mix of boys and girls. The number, the, the students coming to our building make make all of our jobs worthwhile, uh, and uh, we're very lucky that we have a very big site, so everybody stays on site uh, all day. Uh, so that those sort of details do help and do make it uh, um, do make it work well. And uh, uh, it's 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 always a new challenge to to, to deal with a whole new co- cohort of students, and uh, it's uh, uh, it, it keeps our job very vibrant as well. Well, may I say they have a great man leading the way. I will say that you do a wonderful job over there, and it's recognised uh, by all in sundry. Look, I thank you. It's a busy day for you for taking time to drop into us in LMFM Radio, and I wish everybody again and congratulate everybody uh, on a wonderful uh, leaving cert. Good luck to all, and well done to that young woman who got. <laughs> What is it again? Seven H1s. Ishil Manowar, well done to you. Congratulations in particular. John, thanks a million. You're very welcome, Jerry. Thank you very much. Jason McGee did his leaving cert in 1989. He was only 16 and he joins me on the line. Afternoon, Jason. Afternoon, Jerry. How are you? I'm really good. 16. I was 16 myself when I did it. Too bloody young altogether. But here's the thing about you. You didn't just do it once. Tell them how many times you sat the leaving cert. Well, I ended up doing it three times. I'm probably one of the few people in Ireland that did it three times. I was very young. I was only 16 at the start. So I I kind of knew I was going to repeat um, at least once. I didn't plan on doing it three times, but I was going for journalism at the time. The points were very high and I was kind of stubbornly pursuing that and ended up doing the Leaving Cert three times. And so you remember on three different occasions going to the school. We were talking to uh, St. Oliver's principal, John Halpin, a moment ago. They don't really arrive at the school now. They're online. You went down three times, did you? Yeah, and the funny thing is, um, if you ever want a quiz member, I, I studied four Shakespearean plays and four <laughs> classic novels. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, well, <laughs> I have a deep, deep knowledge of uh, literature, yeah. I'm going to keep that in mind because actually we have a quiz coming up. You're not off the hook on that one yet, young fella. Anyway, <laughs> three times. And, and you know, uh, you posted about this today and I, I, that's why I'm talking to you. I was intrigued by it. Some, a point you make is so true. You said that back at the time, the educational system, maybe it's the same today, was measuring all of the students in a memory contest. Yeah, it was a very old way of teaching. Now, we're talking 30 years. I'm, yeah. I'm 50 at the minute. So um, w- when I was uh, going through the school process, 
there was a very heavy emphasis on memorizing content and basically regurgitating it um, up for the exam. So I know the educational system has changed, but I, w- I wasn't very good at that. I wasn't one of these people who could analyze, um, you know, books and copies and then, and then you know, spin it out uh, in an exam hall. Um, it, it just, my brain wasn't wired that way. I'm a very good problem solver. Um, I, can, I can deconstruct things um, uh, and present them very well, but I just couldn't do what a lot of people in my class could seem to do, um, you know, was to absorb information that well. And I felt when I was doing the, the leaving cert, if I did it again, then things would change. And if I did it again, then somehow things would change. And they didn't really. It was just like pushing a cart uphill and it rolling back down. I know what you're saying. It was. And, you know, you just weren't ever going to get beyond that point. But you see, Jason, the real reason I have you with me today is you overcame all of this. And, you know, you can talk today to me as someone who set up their own business. It's been going for 20 years and you're providing services now to big companies like Diageo, Bailey's, Horseware, Prometric, Fulcher Ireland. So the Leaving Cert, it is only a point in time, isn't it? Yeah, the crucial change for me, Jerry, was I I um, subscribed to a post-Leaving Cert course in Ophi College. I think it was one of the first years that they offered it back in 1991 and uh, it was an IT course and it really changed my destiny you know I, I was never I didn't make it to Trinity or UCD or whatever it was and I didn't even know that there was an option for a PLC course available because back then it was never really discussed it was college or bust mm. so um, I did the PLC course and I, I totally excelled in it and that actually allowed me to move on to DKIT and then I got a little bit of luck. I got a week's work experience in McCardle's Brewery at the time. And I stayed there for seven years and I became the IT manager there. So I never thought that that was, you know, in my future. Um, I, I thought my future was kind of planned out fairly linear. But it was the PLC course that really changed things for me. Now, are you listening out there today? Are you listening to Jason McGee and his wonderful story? If you're today wondering, you know what I mean, where am I going? Should I repeat? I'm not happy with remarks. My life is over. Not at all. It's nothing to do with that at all. You take what you got today and away you go again. You're a wonderful example, Jason, of somebody who has been so successful beyond, as you say, doing it on three occasions. You must be. I'm just thinking about that. There would be very few who do it three times. That That is for sure. Um, and look at what's come into me here just as we're speaking. Look what you prompted. Listen to this, Jason. Uh, I failed maths twice during my leaving cert, so basically I couldn't get entrance to college. I did and went to PLC course in Athlone and gained entrance to college and got an opportunity to work abroad. Then I went and joined on Garda Síochána and have been lucky to have a job that's provided huge rewards to me. My advice to anyone is keep going as the road isn't straight for everyone. Enjoy being out tonight. Celebrate with safety. That comes in from Garda Adele. Isn't that just fantastic, Jason? Well, that- that's a fabulous example of somebody who has a similar path. And I would reiterate that today isn't the end of a journey. It's the start of a journey. And it might be quite convoluted. I would say to parents, don't be overly worried. Um, there are lots more options now than there were on my plate, particularly in regard to apprenticeships, which are huge in Ireland now. And there's all kinds of, of training courses and supports that went there. In fact, I went back to college this year at the age of 50, through a skills net course and completed a nighttime course to update my skills. So um, if you think the day you finish your leaving cert is the last day of your education, <laughs> it's not. It certainly isn't. And I think of where I ended up here behind this microphone and how that ever happened. My God almighty, there's a, there's a story in that in itself. But it is so true what you say. Today is a day and a point in life but the, the world is your lobster as a friend used to, of mine used to say to me Jason you're an inspiring man thank you for joining us on this particular day on the show thanks Jerry love the show bye bye take care of yourself bye bye that's Jason McGee there talking to me from Dundalk this afternoon Irene Gahan welcome back it's book Friday only one woman from, for us from Academy Books lovely to see you again and you too thank you for dropping into us on the show today well let's begin with your book of the month Tell them what it is, please. So my book of the month is How to Build a Boat by Elaine Feeney. And it is one of the Irish authors that's long listed for the Booker this year. 
Um, so kind of following on the heels of Claire Keegan from last year. And it's, I kind of decided to do two of them and do a comparison. I feel like I'm doing my leaving search again. I'm doing a comp- literature comparison. Um, so it's a lovely, lovely book. It's a surprising book, I think, for the booker. And I think it's really... Um, a brave one and I'm not sure if every audience would understand it so it's set in the west of Ireland um, and it's about Jamie who is neurodivergent 13 year old going into first year and I hate using that term because to me the kid's quirky and that's the way I like it and he is trying to go through first year in a Catholic school in the west of Ireland run by a priest who is effectively God and deal with the fact that his mother has died. So we we know this early on, but he's mm. trying to put it all together. He's trying to cope, and he's gone from a very protected primary school. So two teachers, basically Tyg and Tess, kind of take him on as as their project, and it kind of meanders. He decides he wants to do create a, a perpetual motion re, um, machine. So how to build a boat hmm. and it basically kind of starts off with Jamie and getting on and you know how he's coping and everything that goes on and then it becomes the kind of tag and test story for a bit and I think it's interesting in the sense that it's uh, they thought he was the project but um, he's kind of brought everybody else together if that makes sense and then at the end of it it goes back to Jamie and it's an assortment of characters that are very likeable and lovable with all their own backstories to go with it. Um, And it's interesting in the sense that it kind of ties into the second one. So we still have all the West of Ireland, you know, Catholic Church, all boys school, all that kind of thing running theme running through it. But I have to say, I really, really liked it. Um, I'd give it five stars. And that's why it's the book of the month for us. Yeah, and it's on the book or long list. And you are going to compare it with another uh, nominee on the long list in a moment. But let's stay with this one for a second, because um, this young boy, his mother died at childbirth. Yes. And he never knew her. He never knew her other than through videos of her swimming. Yes. 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 And he, in a way, with, as you mentioned, the building and the boat, with the teacher who's involved with him. Yeah. It's it's a peculiar way... in him trying to reconnect with his mother. Yeah, so he's trying... Yeah, I think this whole idea of perpetual and motion kind of idea. And he's 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 a quirky kid. He's into everything. He's super smart, super yeah. bright. But he's quirky. And, and he's, you know, he's in his head. This is what he wants to build. He wants to build, build somebody that he can connect with his mother because he's seen videos of her swimming. She was a swimming star. Yes. Um, and she was very, very young at the time. And I think it, it's lovely in that sense. He's just trying to find his place. But the characters are kind of mostly around Tyg and Tess. And then, but his dad's involved and his grandmother's involved. And it becomes a whole host of characters, if that makes sense, yes. which is really nice. And people that he didn't expect to become his friends became his friends through the whole making of the how to yes. build a boat. Yes. And and because they're in the West, they made a car. Mm. Um, and th- so it was just great. It was just, it's, it's a beautiful story. And, and even the teacher bringing the teacher in, the teacher kind of went there kind of, I think, kind of begrudgingly. And, you know, he's the woodwork teacher, but he kind of found his place then within the school and then Tess found her place within the school. Yeah. So I think it's kind of it was just such a nice story it was really really I think it was really well told and likeable I mean there's 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 nothing out of place if that makes sense everything's yes. kind of wrapped and tied and kind of you know like mm. a hug <laughs> yeah and you know I think it's a, a real uh, coincidence that you pick it on this day of the leaving set results yes. because this young man like many others you know he probably wouldn't be one that would fit in I, I don't like to use those words but what you said earlier on is true about him brilliant in terms of symmetries mathematics over yeah. the classics and fiction and that but unfortunately the school and the principal has yes. no time for this but he overcomes it through the teacher and with yeah. drawing all these people into him it's a wonderful story yeah, it is it's a five stars from Irene Gahan huh <laughs> There you go. You got to get this. How to build a boat by Elaine Feeney. It's on the Booker long list. And also on the Booker long list is your second pick today by a famous author. Yes, Sebastian Barry. So Sebastian Barry has been shortlisted twice for the Booker. And um, his book, Old God's Time, is... Uh, short is long listed as well um, and I'm not surprised it's long listed but it's a very the same similar themes Catholic Church running through it the priest the school and there seems to be an awful lot of books coming out now with 
that kind of background and that kind of theme. And I think it's inescapable from an Irish culture and an Irish psyche. There's a certain cohort of people who will never be able to escape that because there's always going to be an element of that. And it fits in well because he's Tom Kettle. It's about Tom Kettle. Great name. Yes, very good name. And he's a retired policeman um, who has literally just retired to a small kind of side house in a a castle in Dorky. Um, And he... He's meandering in and out of, I would say, the onset of dementia or Alzheimer's mm. because some of the bits he's talking about and thinking about, you, we don't really know, is it in the present or in the past? So it's a little bit disconcerting to try and read it to go, OK, is this real or is this in his head? But he's it's him remembering things and then wondering, is my memory actually real? Mm. And in the middle of all this, two new detectives arrive up and ask him about a cold case. And this is a cold case with a twist and another twist. Mm. And he's slipping in and out of, am I remembering everything right? And again, there's a background to it. So just because he's a detective, just because he's a policeman, you know, retired, black and white becomes very grey as well. And there's a background of things that may have happened earlier yes. on um, with his family. And we understand that he is, you know, he's a wife and two kids. But again, does he really have a wife and two yes. kids or are they still there or are they not there? Mm. And and that's quite, it's a little bit difficult to kind of keep track of mm. where he is. It's quite, someone described it as quite ponderous. Mm. I'd say, I'd say they're gone in, in, in my reading of it, but that's only me and, yeah. and you could read it differently. Absolutely, yeah. that's for sure. But a secret his late wife, well, or his wife, yeah. June, uh, yeah. entrusted him with on the wedding day. Yes. That plays a big, that's a key it's element a very, of this, yeah, isn't it? And it's quite traumatic yeah. and it's quite, um, yeah, and I think it's probably led a lot of his own cases and a lot, I think it's just running through. I mean, the, you know, even now we still, there's still cases coming against, you know, before the courts or whatever. Yeah. So I think that kind of, that trauma is in him and that trauma has probably set him to an early kind of, an early grave for all intents purposes. Mm. But we, we're, it's it's a little bit dark. Um, I think Sebastian Barry, I mean, he's, he's, my wouldn't be my I wouldn't pick him up before Elaine Feeney but yeah. that just could be I think he's kind of um, a man's man's writer in the sense that you get very into Tom Kettle's brain and I can is how I imagine you know sort of someone in their late 70s 80s would be at, at that stage in their life mm. and looking back over the kind of the life that they would have had. So we're talking about kind of, you know, the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. Yes. Um, and then just coming to, kind of struggling to come to terms with, he's retired and what does he do now? What's there for him? Mm. God's, Old God's Time. Old God's Time by Sebastian Barry, another of the long list on the Booker Prize uh, this year. Uh, and you gave um, the previous one a five. Come on, give us a star rating on this. <laughs> mm, oh gosh, that's so unf- that's, that's so hard. It's not a five. I think it's a four. Okay, I think it's a four. That's good enough. That's good enough. That's that's. that's Sebastian Barry will never come into the, he'll never come to Academy <laughs> Books to sign books now. Wait till you see. <laughs> well, talking about somebody coming to sign books, John Connolly, the John Connolly, yes, is uh, coming to town next weekend, next Saturday, the second yes. of September. He's going to. He's going to Waterstones for two, and yeah. he is coming to us in Academy Books for half past two. There you go. And we have 25 golden tickets to get the book and a signed book, him signing it personally for you okay. and a photograph with him. There you go. How do people enter this? So they have to contact Academy Books, but they have to uh, they have to be John Connolly aficionados now. Fans. They have to be fans. Yes. And John has some very, very, oh, very yes. strong fans. Oh, yes. um, but we also have a signed copy to give away of the new book called Land of the Lost. Today on Late Lunch. Yes, we have a absolutely. signed copy of this book to give away. How do they win? Now, John Connolly fans, or if you're not, can you answer this question? So the question is, what was the very first title of John Connolly's book about the Charlie Parker series? So that the is the question. First book in the Charlie Parker series by John Connolly. What's the name of the book? 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Get in touch with us now. We'll pick somebody and you will win a signed copy of this book. Now, you've started to read it and I'm not yes. into it yet. I have the book upstairs. What do you make of it? 
I think it's very much along the vein of John. I mean, if anyone who loves the Charlie Parker series, which I love, there's an element of the supernatural and crime kind of and, and, you know, dark things going through it, I think. Um, And The Land of the Lost is a sequel to The Book of the Lost. So the same kind of theme is coming through it. Quite dark, quite creepy, um, obviously supernatural. So you need to be not a massively supernatural, but you need to be open to being to be you know slipping between both. Um, and obviously, I mean, it's John Connolly. It's it's it's, it's fabulously written. And mm. if you love the Charlie Parker series, you know, you, uh, pretty much you'll pick up any. He's another one of the writers that I describe as. I don't bother reading the jacket if it's a new John Connolly out. I don't even bother. I'll, it's like Steve Kavanagh. I'll just pick it up and I'll read it. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, that's heading for a five star rating because it's John Connolly and he's coming to town. And he'll be in Academy Books next week. You better not slip up on that one. I know. Yes, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I better get my reading done. I, I, I know. Ah, you will, you will indeed. So it's called Land of the Lost by John Connolly. Erin's uh, enjoying it early doors. Signed copy available today on Late Lunch to one of you when you tell us the Charlie Parker series. What was the name of the first book John Connolly wrote in the Charlie Parker series? 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. And again, we'll select somebody before the end of the show. So John Connolly in town next Saturday. Yes. Academy Books, 2.30 in the afternoon. 25 golden tickets. tickets yes. There you are. <laughs> I feel like Willy Wonka. Yeah, indeed you should. <laughs> Listen, it's always lovely to see you. Thank you for joining us again, bringing us your recommendations. Until the next time, Irene Garn, check her out. Academy Books on the south side of Drogheda in Southgate Shopping Centre. Give her a call there. Thank you for joining me. Thank you so much. Knock, knock. Who's there? That's how it works. It's called... Comedy? Comedy. Comedy, comedy. Comedy, sir. Comedy. Comedy. Classic comedy. Classic comedy. On the late lunch. I love... Comedy. It's the wonderful Mr. Greg Davis, and he's reflecting on middle age. Let me tell you uh, the worst thing about being a fat middle-aged comedian, because I am. Let's not let's not mess around. I'm, look look at what I've done to myself. I mean, I look pregnant. It's ridiculous. And you know the worst thing about that is that comedy attracts young, beautiful people. So you come out and you see really attractive, beautiful people and you feel like a fraud when you look like this. Which is why I was so relieved when I came out tonight (laughs) and saw such a sea of ruined middle-aged losers. (laughs) You don't know what's coming, you people. (laughs) to me backstage this isn't my original outfit I was wearing a tight black t-shirt and the producer asked me to change (laughs) because he said I looked like a bin bag full of coleslaw that's a quote (laughs) my body is it's disgusting I looked at myself naked in the mirror about two hours ago, before I came here, I stood in front of the... Uh, don't woo that, for God's sake. <laughs> I, I looked at myself naked in a mirror. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus... You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. And I thought, genuinely, I thought to myself, you know what that looks like? My body looks like it's been carved by a four-year-old child out of a budget block of ham. (laughs) Just a rough approximation of a male breast, all pink and mottled. It's disgusting. It's so depressing. And yet, 
What I love about the male brain is hope springs eternal. I thought this the other day. I was walking down the street. Even though I know my limitations and I know what this looks like, I'll see a beautiful 20-something-year-old girl walk past me and there'll be part of my brain that goes, maybe she likes ham. And I saw the most amazing example of this. I went to see my granddad, who's in a home, bless him. He's in his 90s. He'd tell you himself, he's finished. He's knackered, right? He's exhausted. He can't walk. He has a little blanket over his knees. And I went to see him, and he was sitting there, and I said, are you all right, granddad? He goes, I'm finished. I hate it. I'm so unhappy. And I said, oh, I'm so sorry. He goes, yeah, never mind, love. A nurse walked in. She must have been 25 years of age, right? (laughs) This is what he did. I promise you, he did this. Well, hello there. <laughs> As if there was any part of that girl's brain that was thinking, do you know what I fancy today? I fancy being a man who gets out of breath eating soup. The wonderful Greg Davis bringing us our comedy this afternoon on Late Lunch. He really is the funniest man. He's just absolutely brilliant. He'd make a story from anything and a cat laugh is the saying, isn't it? What a lovely man. I knew him well when I was covering GAA here at the station. He was chairman of St. Patrick's in Lordship. What a wonderful club and all that was achieved there. Subsequently, became chairman of the Loud County Board for five years from 2009 to 2014. I'm talking, of course, about Porico. Connor, who was diagnosed with motor neurone disease earlier this year and there's a big event happening in Lordship tomorrow the 26th and to tell me more I'm joined on the line by his nephew Stephen O'Connor Afternoon Stephen. Good afternoon to you Jerry. how are you? I'm good, thanks for taking our call today on the show uh, This is very important to Park, his family and everybody there because you're raising funds for the Irish Motor Neurone Disease Association Yes, as you mentioned there, Park has very recently been diagnosed with, with motor neurone disease and the support pork has been receiving from the Irish Motor Neuron Disease Association has been phenomenal and we as a, as a family as a club and as a community are doing our best just to, to raise some much needed funds and 85% of their, their fundraising comes from donations so we're, we're doing our part just to, to give something back to them. So what's happening Stephen, Stephen tomorrow? Well, tomorrow morning we have a number of things coming on. We have a cake sale uh, from 10 o'clock, starting at 10 o'clock in our community centre. But we also have two walks. We have a 7K flat road walk, suitable for all levels of experience, from the centre to Belorgan and back. And then we have an 11-kilometre mountain trail walk for a more experienced type hill walker, all available from the, the centre starting and finishing, both at 10 o'clock. And the, to enter, it's only €20 Euro to enter the walk, the hike, whatever you want to do. Either or, yes. It's €20 Euros on, on, on the day at the re- registration buckets. Now, we, have, um, we also have an online fundraising page, which we've been promoting through our, our social media pages. And we have a, a, a draw with two Coldplay tickets as first prize, which we'll be, we'll be selling tickets for in the morning, too. You'll sell plenty of tickets for that, Stephen. I can tell you they're indeed, like indeed we chicken's will. teeth. They really are. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Tell us about the online portal. Where, do, where can people go and support uh, Motor Neurone and Parik? Oh, it's on any of the Pats, Facebooks or Twitters, and in fact, any of the committee members have it on the... Uh, it usually right. is posted two or three times a day. If you look at the Pats Facebook, you'll find a link for, for the, the, the IMNDA fundraisers through iDonate. And, and just to mention, every single cent that comes in, 100% of the money we raise goes directly to the association. This is not, this is not a fundraiser for the club, no. it's a fundraiser for Motor Neuron. Now, all of the GA clubs, thankfully, have been so supportive to us. Our good neighbours in Cooley Kickhams, Berlogan United, Cuhullen Gales, all of the local clubs are joining in tomorrow and they're all wearing their club colours so we hope to see clubs from far and wild far far and wild there tomorrow yes and the uh, we want to say that the IMNDA have been of huge support to Park and his family already uh, their services are free and as you say there they uh, 85% of their income comes from fundraising and donations so out to Lordship tomorrow to the patch you'll get the best tea and cakes you ever got a big welcome you can win Coldplay tickets so it's a no brainer Stephen We'll hope to see you there, Jerry. Bring the walking boots with you. <laughs> Good man. Put me on the spot. Anyway, I know I won't. I wish you well, but I want you to wish Porrick well as well on my behalf and everybody here in LMFM. We're thinking of him always. He's a great, great fellow and wish you well with all that's happening tomorrow. 
Thank you very much. We'll pass it on. Gormila Maigot. Gormila Maigot Freshen. Thanks indeed. That's uh, Stephen O'Connor, their nephew of Porrick O'Connor. And if you can at all help and support, it would be greatly appreciated. Rick Crons is in the house. Great to see you again, Rick. Thanks very much, Jerry. Thanks Good for to joining be here. me. Thanks for joining me on the show again today. Now we are comparing uh, grapes and wines. Northern Hemisphere, Southern Hemisphere. What are we covering off today, Rick? Oh, we've got a beautiful grape, uh, Jerry. Something uh, uh, that I think is very underrated. Chenin Blanc. Okay, and it's one I've seen in the past, but wouldn't be maybe on my radar. Um, no. It, it, it originated in France, the Loire Valley. Correct. That's okay, it, so it originated in the Northern Hemisphere, yes. which most of these that we're comparing actually did. Do, Tell us about the grape. What is it? Is it a big grape, a small grape? Uh, no, it's it's a relatively small grape, you know, and it grows in fairly tight bunches, and uh, it tends to bloom early. That sets it apart a bit there. But it ripens late, and it tends to ripen very uneven, so you can have a bunch that's very ripe, and one, you know. So it's something that uh, the winemakers have to keep a very close eye on, and uh, they often trim it back because it's, it's ferocious in its growth mm. once it gets going. Uh, it's fairly drought-resistant, but for early frost, because it buds early, uh, mildew and uh, rot, it's, it's, it's quite susceptible. To that type uh, to, of stuff. To that, yeah. Yes, yes. Um, the quality and characteristics of the grape, it's a very versatile grape in terms of the wine that's produced from it, isn't yes, it? Yes, this, this is the attraction in it, uh, Jerry, to, to a large extent. And it depends what the winemaker wants to do with it. Obviously, they check the grapes in the field and see what the quality is, sugar, acid levels, and all that. And uh, they're rather clever when they come to it, obviously, with technology and knowledge that, that came with it. So, for instance, if they use a steel tanks, that's going to maintain, as we've mentioned before, all the characteristics of the grape because it's nothing to influence it, yes. you know. Yes. And that means you want the winemakers actually wanting you to drink it hmm. young, you know, because yes. there's nothing to really carry it. It's not going to make a big improvement on it. Now, extended lease contact, in, in other words, they just leave it on the the actual uh, white skins, remember. Um, And that just gets a bit more depth to it. Mm. You know, it gives it a bit more oomph. And if you think of Cremant de Lua, that will give you a hint on that. And then barrel maturation, that's wood contact. Now you're getting into the heavier stuff. You want to keep it three, five years. Okay. So So it, 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 it can be drank by that process at different stages of its life. So when it's in the steel, drink it young. Drink it as soon drink as you can. Young. Yeah, because it can go from yes. bone dry right up to a dessert wine, okay. botrytis. Yes. And and yeah, it, it's very... And often it's it's blended with Chardonnay. Of course, it goes into sparkling wines as well. Yes. Um, so yeah, very, very versatile. Great all-rounder, we have to yes. say. The Chenin yes. Blanc. It's a yeah. great all all-rounder, that's really what Rick is saying. Um, outside of Loire, it's grown elsewhere, of course, in, in France, I take it. Yeah, 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 it is. It is, Jerry. Now, uh, in particular, in the uh, southern hemispheres, you know, and in particular, South Africa. OK, so South yeah. Africa is where really. And are we going to taste the South African? Is that the second wine we're going to taste? Uh, no, that's from uh, New Zealand. OK, well, it yeah. is. the It is. The, it's southern but, but, hemisphere. what you're saying to me is that South Africa is a big, big destination for Shannon Blanc growing. It, 20% of all plantings of all. in South Africa is is Shannon uh, Blanc. It's really? just a perfect climate environment with yes. it. So uh, it just suited them. And in fact, if you go back in history, around 1665, uh, Jan van Riebeek, who was a, a, a Dutch doctor, and that was the halfway station, was Cape of Good Hope in those days. And he set up camp there and it is believed that's how Chenin Blanc got there because right. of course they believe that if you drank wine it will prevent scurvy Yes, and we still believe it today <laughs> Jerry <laughs> hasn't changed all no, these centuries yeah. later so that's just a bit of a yeah, a little bit of history on that one there yeah. so right we're in the northern hemisphere uh, Loire Valley what wine have you taken from France for us too yeah this is uh, they both 2020 yeah. and they both come from O'Brien's today uh, well done to yeah. O'Brien's the great supporters of Rick and the wine mm. feature on mm. Late Lunch on LMFN and a big thank you in particular to Karen there yes. the assistant manager she's always really helpful and friendly great advice 
Absolutely. Always, James. always, Can't always. Go wrong. To have Can't from all wrong. of the crew, Barry and all of the crew in O'Brien's, they're fantastic people. They really, really yeah. are. So this is a trend. So was this taken off the steel? This wine here, yeah. This 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 uh, this has uh, steel in it, but yeah. it also had a bit of lease in it, which you'll taste, you know. And again, this is a bit of a combination. Uh, and this is the uh, Chenin Blanc Familie Bougrier, uh, is the name on it, oh, and it's a twenty twenty. Oh, it's gorgeous! It's just gorgeous, uh, isn't yeah, it? It it is, Jerry. And I think that on its, its own, uh, happily. Uh, very, very much so. Um, it's it's uh, it's crisp. Yeah. Um, Do you call I, that a dry wine? Yes, it's classed as a dry wine. Yes. Now here's my. You see, this is my misconception always that when I see dry, I think, well, there's not going to be much sweetness to it, or you can't drink it on its own. But that's dry, and you can. Oh, it is. It's just a classification. So what's dry and off dry? Just while you're here today, now come yeah. on. A dry is. If, if if you look at what we call a very dry, I mean, you'll know it. Your okay. cheeks will tell you this is dry. <laughs> see, see, I'm not wrong. Yeah. I had that in my head. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm not, I'm not yeah. wrong there. Okay. It, it is the, the, the sugar content that they use, Jerry. So it's it's in that range as dry. And off dry, you'll definitely pick up. It's a little bit sweeter, touch of honey on the back. On the back of the throat is often where you pick this up. Now, it's a very faint line, mm. you know, and you really got to be on the ball to distinguish between them, you know. But that is beautiful. It's I, I just think it's so refreshing. Oh. It's not a heavy wine no. in any way, you know. Look at it, even light, when you hold it up, look, it's such a light colour as well. So it is yeah. lovely on the nose. A- aperitif for certain. A little bit of seafood, shellfish. Yeah, a little bit of shellfish, I think it'll go. Would lovely be lovely with, with that. Yeah, yeah. And um, asparagus, just sort of mm. in, in a bit of butter, I think oh, might just Rick. do the trick for Stop it. Stop the lights. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm out of here. Yeah, yeah. The last of the summer wines. <laughs> it certainly <laughs> is. Okay, just remind us again the yeah, label. It's the uh, Famille Bougrier, and it's a Chenin Blanc 2020. Again, it just. Go in there and the team. In O'Brien's, uh, in O'Brien's will advise you on this one. So that's Northern Hemisphere from uh, France. Yeah. This one. Absolutely, Jerry. 1495. You cannot go wrong, and I'm sure you'll get a discount as well. There you go. Mention Rick Cronjay on late lunch, and they, they look after you for sure. Now let's move to the Southern Hemisphere. And as you said, South Africa, huge producer of it. But today, you've brought us. From New Zealand, what wine have you taken? Yeah, us? again, uh, 2020 Chenin Blanc, New Zealand, Marlborough region, and this is the Astrolab Southern Valleys uh, Chenin Blanc. A bit of a quick history there, Simon and Jane Wagon, and uh, they started in 1996, a husband and wife team. Mm. Lovely there. Now, they have 10 hectares of their own, but they work with other uh, uh, vineyard owners in yes. the area and they take grapes in from them so they, they're much bigger than the 10 hectares but yes uh, uh, this one I think you're going to find very different <laughs> okay pass the glass um, to me there and again hemisphere. I say I'm only having a sip mm. and uh, please folks drink responsibly and always plenty of water when you're having the wine with your meal or, or whatever okay Quite different on the nose. Oh, number yeah, one. oh. yeah, absolutely, Jerry. Straight away, it, it's a apple, it's a apple, away. apple. Absolutely, apple in there. Yep. Didn't get that on the other one. And again, light, light to the look. Oh, quite different. Oh, oh very much. Complete contrast yeah, to the other one. Yeah, but in yeah. its own way, may I say, it's really nice. It is. It is, Jerry. And and what you'll find with uh, Chenin Blanc Southern Hemisphere, again, depending on the style that is made, you know, um, that uh, they, they can lean towards the sweeter side and the fruitier side as well. You know, well. you said to me a moment ago, that is an off-dry wine there, because I've just yes. felt the little after-sweetness of that. Yes, I took the words right out of my mouth they just I set said, this up yeah. purposely today to, to, to do that prove this to me but that is an off is, dry and it has that little linger hasn't it it has it tends to to hang about a little bit longer as well on the palate the aftertaste yes. but you will pick it up and i was just about to say if you take a uh, if there's a second sip in it that's when you will really pick it up Thank you for asking. 
Oh, brilliant. Be good with that. We'll be good with it. Lightly spiced, yeah, not heavy. And maybe a grilled chicken with, you know, something on it, over it, you know. Um, I I love prawns. <laughs> I, 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 I wouldn't here's, say I always match it, but I here's I, you your know. body. Yeah, absolutely. I had them. I had them before I came up here the, oh, did you? for oh, my mid morning. Yeah, I had prawns for my mid morning on toast. Would you believe that? A little. They were beautiful, I have to say. I love them too. You could have brought an extra portion. <laughs> you could have arrived with in with this wine and <laughs> yeah. we could have done all this and pre-recorded it and then just fired it out here today and we'd be hunky-dory. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, so yes, a spicy food, bit of grill, grilled chicken perhaps with that, white meat, you know, things like that. Yeah, yeah perfect for that. Yeah, it'll, it'll be on the lighter side, okay. but certainly heavier than the first. New yeah. Zealand, Marlborough and its Southern Valley, Shannon Blanc and it's Astrolab is that how Astrolab. you Astrolab Astrolab is the name yeah. on and it's from O'Brien's Wines in Drought again and how much will this one set us back uh, this is twenty one ninety five. Okay, a beautiful it, it, it's 2020 as well so you've got three years in the bottle yes. now yeah. and um, I, yeah I was really happy with that one mm, uh, you've picked two crackers today yeah. and it just shows you about wine I know why you love it you know even with just two wines today yeah. the fun in the contrast, the difference, the Absolutely. same grape. This is the, what this series is about with Rick. This is what it shows you. The very same grape grown in Europe, grown in New Zealand. And you wouldn't say it is the same grape, would you? Really? No. no. I mean, if those bottles were covered, covered. you would know. You, you, you would definitely class it as two completely You couldn't do it no. on a blind no. t- taste. No. There's no, no way you absolutely. could absolutely no. with those. Just again on a question, we're drinking them, say, at room temperature here. And yes. they're beautiful today. Come yeah. back to the chilling, because I had this debate again recently I with know. somebody who really chills the you-know-what out of the wine, leaves yeah. it in the fridge for hours. But you don't taste it, do you, when you do that? When it comes out frozen frozen virtually frozen cold from a fridge it is jerry it, it's just closed it's almost like you put a blanket over it uh, there's no flavor there's no uh, the nose is closed uh, the palate you know um it it warms up in your mouth that's not good mm. you know mm. um no jerry it, i mean for tastings you want a bit more temper because you need those flavors yes. so that we can you know give a more accurate description so would you how long would you chill those for i mean these are st- I, w- I would go half an hour, most. Jerry, most. Take it most. out then. Take it out then. Let it and, and Yeah, and, and just, you know, half an hour is more than enough, mm. you know, more mm. than enough, Jerry. Anyway, well, you said last of the summer wine. We are coming to the end of the summer. It really is. I know we're it in is. August, but I regard this one as your sort of final uh, summer feature as well. And uh, it, there are pair of beautiful whites so they are from O'Brien's in Drogheda again and thanks to the crew there again for supplying them and enjoy them in the final weeks of the year are we moving is that with you or white wine features all year but there's a slight change is there as you go into September with drinking yeah there is Jerry, and I think it's it's just sort of just habit or, or, yeah. or whatever we want to call it yeah people tend to go more red there because uh, it just suits I don't know if it suits the dark nights or what it is but, you know, for me, wine is about the occasion. If you're mm. just having friends over, look for a nice, light drinking wine, you know. Now, if you're putting up a big meal, well, then that's when the menu changes. So it depends. I mean, I was with the neighbors last night and beautiful. And, you know, everybody just brings a, a plate of, of of something, of snacks, you know. Mm. But we had lovely light wines. We had a rosé last night, you know. Beautiful. Yes. Beautiful. So uh, it's about the occasion for me Mm. and uh, to match that. Um, And I'm happy with that. Yeah, fantastic. (laughs) Every day is wine day. (laughs) (laughs) When you're Rick Cronje, when you're anybody, for sure. Listen, you're so good. Thank you again for taking those wines to us. And uh, you'll be able to pick them up on the podcast as well. You'll see them there with Rick a little bit later on. Rick, until September... 
thank you so much for dropping in again and bringing us these beautiful wines. Thank you, Jim. Good to see you. Rick Cronje there. Have we got our TV team to give it another run there? And let's have a listen. Batman, do you remember it? Batman, yes, so many of you did. Brings back memories, the TV show, and of course, there were movies, books, costumes, you name it. It'll get a run again, I promise you. Of course it will. It has subsequently, but it'll be back once more when you see what happened to the Barbie thing. Maybe I've planted a seed there. Anyway, identifying the Batman theme this afternoon... Thelma O'Connell in Town in Trim. Well done to you. We'll send out our wee gift to you this afternoon. And thanks to everybody who entered. Also, Irene Gahan was with us doing Boot Club on Late Lunch. And Every Dead Thing is the answer we were looking for. That was John Connolly's first Charlie Parker book. She asked the question, what was the title of the first Charlie Parker book? Uh, it was Every Dead Thing. And your clever clogs do. Lots of fans out there, John Connolly. Anyway, today, uh, who's getting that? Uh, Bernard Heaney, it's yours. Bernard Heaney and Clonmelon, today, that book is yours. The signed copy of his new book, which Irene reviewed with us a little bit earlier on. Well done to you, and thanks again to everybody who was in touch. He's signing in Scotch Hall and with Irene as well in Academy Books next Saturday, 2 and 2.30. So we'll be lots of his fans there to see him. Time to do this on Late Lunch. Five, four, three, two, one. Counting down the top five songs from this week of yesteryear. And today it's... The number one from this very week in 1986. It was written by Nashville songwriter Ben Peters, recorded by American country music artist Mac Davis and released in 1980, and then was covered by country music and other country music singer Con Hunley in September of that year. Both versions were called I Wanna Wake Up With You, but the big hit came in 86 from Boris Gardner, who recorded it, released it, and it went all the way to number one in the UK for three weeks. Here it is, our number one in Top 5 Countdown. I wanna wake up with you I wanna wake up with you I Boris Gardner, I wanna wake up with you our number one in our Top 5 Countdown from this week in 1986 on your late lunch this Friday afternoon. Short break, final break of the week and we are back with Sport and David Sheehan. It's soccer all the way and sport this afternoon with David Sheehan. Hi David. Hi Jerry. Thanks for joining me again on the show. Let's begin with the old League of Ireland this evening and both uh, Drogheda and Dundalk in action tonight. Let's begin with Drogheda because they have a huge game it has to be said and you'll be there. Cork City the visitors to uh, Weaver's Park. Five points Drogheda have on them at the minute. This is one they can't lose. It's a massive game for both sides, really, Jerry. You know, and Cork City's only away win of the season came at Weavers Park earlier this year as well. You'll remember. So, you know, Cork, it's probably a must win for them. Drogheda could maybe get away with a draw. I think um, they have, as you said, five points to spare at the moment. If they were to win tonight, they'd have an eight-point gap over Cork. And I was just looking at Cork's um, points per game average, and they're averaging 0.88 points per game this season. So. If Cork were eight points behind Drogheda, they wouldn't have enough games left in the season to make up that gap at the current rate of progress. So an eight-point lead for Drogheda at this stage of the season with the form Cork have been in would be a massive and not not wouldn't quite see them safe out of that bottom two, but they'd be nearly there. Um, they'd be UCD at home again next week. So this game and this game next week against UCD, those two games back-to-back are huge. Um, if Drogheda were to take six points from those two games, they'd be as good as safe, I think. But... You know, there's a lot of lot of maybes in there in terms of how that game tonight will go. Cork City have brought in a lot of new faces. It's going to be a bit of a struggle to try and embed them into the team at such short notice with only nine games of the season left. So it's going to be an intriguing one tonight. I expect Weavers Park will be rocking. I expect Drogheda to make make up for or try to at least make up for that performance against Cork at home earlier in the season. They were really flat that night. It's probably the worst performance they put in this year. So I would expect the home crowd to really be behind them and. Drogheda will be really up for this one and I, I think they'll they'll get the win. Um, I hope they do, but it's going to be a really interesting game for sure, Jerry. A massive game for both sides. 
David going with Trahada tonight against Cork. Now, Dundalk are on the road and they face Shamrock Rovers. It's a big game for both sides here. And Dundalk never ever are timid when it comes to taking on Rovers. No, absolutely not. I mean, they've, got, they've had a good recent record against them at Oriel Park. Obviously beat them earlier this season in the league and in the Cup. So they, they've had a decent record at home against them. They haven't won in Taller for four years, though. So their record up there isn't exactly uh, stellar at the moment. But... Rovers have been spluttering a little bit. They've only won two of their last five, but they've had a bit of a break now for the last week or two between FAI Cup rounds and, and everything else. So they've had a bit of a, a bit of a breather. You would expect them to come onto the, into this all guns blazing. They're four points ahead of Sham- or St. Pat's at the moment. Um, they haven't been great this season, Shamrock Rovers, and I think if Derry or Pat's had... Certainly if Pat's had started the season better than they did, they'd be probably level or ahead of them. And Derry have been a little bit up and down all season as well. And, it's not. I'm not so sure if they're going to be able to catch them, but I'd expect Rovers now with the, the kind of finishing line in sight to put the foot to the floor and a big one tonight at home against Dundalk. Dundalk, in reasonable enough form themselves, and obviously in that European mix, they're fifth at the minute, they're three points behind Bohemians who play Derry City, so there's an opportunity to close the gap on both of those sides in third and fourth place. Uh, so it's going to be a tough one for Dundalk. I think Shamrock Rovers will just about nick it, but don't be surprised if Dundalk sneak, sneak a draw, but I, I think Shamrock Rovers... Needing to put their foot down now and pull away and try and get to that finish line and win the title again, I think they'll just sneak this one, maybe 1-0. So tight games all round and both games on lmfm.ie or the LMFM app this evening. Now let's move to the Premier League that's getting into its stride now. And looking at the fixtures, David, this week, well, there's one standout fixture. It's Newcastle against Liverpool on Sunday. This is an intriguing match too. Uh, absolutely it is and we talked about Dundalk not having won in Tala for four years Newcastle haven't beaten Liverpool in the Premier League since December 2015 so they've uh, they've a bit of ground to make up on that score themselves so you know it's going to be an interesting one Newcastle obviously started the season like a train with that win over Aston Villa so impressive that day and then against Man City last week it was obviously going to be a lot more difficult for them they they were kind of solid without really looking like they were going to threaten uh, City it felt like they were looking to come out of there with a point it didn't work out for them in the end Liverpool, for their part, drew with Chelsea the first day and then had a good win against Bournemouth last week, having gone behind. They will have Alexis McAllister, av- or Alexis McAllister available after that red card of his was rescinded, so they'll be happy enough about that. But it, it really will show us, I think, where Newcastle are at. I mean, they've played Villa the first day. They, they were really impressive that day. We know what happened last week against City. But I think that this game against, against Liverpool will be a real kind of um, benchmark for Newcastle in terms of where they'll be when the season ends. It's very early in the season, obviously, Jerry. but St. James's Park, half four on a Sunday, will be absolutely heaving. Uh, and I think they'll be looking to, to put down a marker against one of the top sides. I know they might, they beat Villa comfortably, who are no mugs themselves. But Liverpool are a different proposition. And I think Newcastle will be really out to put down a, put down a marker here and make a statement early in the season. I think Newcastle will, will win this one. And a six-pointer. It's only the third week of the season, but the pair of them are brutal. Everton and Wolves, two massive <laughs> clubs, and it looks like one of them could accompany Luton and Sheffield United back down. Yeah, a really strange one with Wolves. I think I, I did tip them a couple of weeks ago to be relegated when I was speaking to you then before the season started. But they put in a really good performance against Manchester United on the Monday night, the first weekend of the Premier League. were really good that day and were, were very unlucky not to win. Uh, got beaten 1-0, should have had a penalty late on. But it was a really encouraging performance. And then they went out last week against Brighton. And now an excellent Brighton side, but at home in Molyneux and got absolutely taken to the cleaners by uh, by Brighton. So it's kind of hard to know what to make of Wolves at the minute. Everton, we talked about at the beginning of the season, have signed, I think, two players. Ashley Young, who's about 40, and then uh, some, a 19-year-old uh, Portuguese striker. So they've they've done no business at all in the, in, the, in the transfer window. I know they're still hoping to bring in one or two players, but they look to be an absolute rag order on and off the pitch, particularly off at Everton. And it's a it's a hard one to call this one, Jerry, because they as you said, they have been both so poor. Uh I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the obvious uh result here and, and go for a one all draw. I think it'll be a, a fairly poor game. If if either side were to win it, I think it'd be Wolves, but I, I think it'll end in a fairly insipid one one.
And uh, you mentioned their transfer window. It is the uh, final days now. It closes the last day of the month, so they'll be frantic and we'll be all listening to the sky. Big Ben uh, <laughs> beating yeah. out the, the it bells. Slams, it slams <laughs> shut, Jerry. It never closes. It slams shut. You know? That's how it works. <laughs> anyway, there will be. Uh, this week, you'd expect that the business is not all done. There may be a few surprises. Evan Ferguson, will he stay at Brighton? Oh, I think so, yeah. I mean, uh, it'll take a big bit to get him out of there at the moment. I think... Uh, I think everyone would want to see him stay in there. You look at what Brighton are doing under De Zerbe, the football they're playing. He's getting plenty of game time. If he were to go to, I know Tottenham was mentioned after Harry Kane left, but if he were to go, if he were to go to the likes of a Tottenham, he wouldn't. He mightn't get as much game time. It might just, you know, it might be a lot for a guy of his age to take. He, he's still, he is very young, obviously, but he's he is so composed and he he speaks so well. But he's still only what 18, 19 at the minute. So. I think Brighton is the best place for him for the minute and maybe next summer he might move. But I, I think staying with Brighton, maybe trying to get into double figures with goals this season and, and really establish himself and then look to move on. But I think for the minute, staying there on the South Coast is the best place for him. Yeah, and I think a lot of people would concur with your view there for sure. Anyway, it'll be an interesting week ahead. They'll make the most out of it on TV and we'll watch with interest to see who makes the final moves as things settle down into the uh, body of the football season. Anyway, reminding you again tonight, David will be at Weavers Park, Drogheda United in Cork City and Adrian in Dublin for Shamrock Rovers against Dundalk, lmfm.ie or on the LMFM app. David, thank you so much for joining me again this week. No problem, Terry. Thank you. Take care. That's David Sheehan, who'll be along with Sunday Sport as well here on LMFM Radio on Sunday afternoon. That's it for another week on Late Lunch. I want to say a big thank you uh, to all my guests who joined me this week, to you, our listeners, who are with us every day. We love your company. Thanks indeed to Eamon Doyle, who's been guiding me for the last few days here in studio, Brian Farley, who was in, uh, of course, late down with me earlier in the week, and to Louise Walsh, my producer. Thank you all indeed. And just reminding you that next Tuesday... We're in coasting along in Carlingford next Tuesday. We're so looking forward to seeing you in Carlingford. I believe we're going to be near the tourist office there in Carlingford on Tuesday next from 1.30 to 3.30. So keep that in mind if you're down there next week. Drop in, say hello. We'd love to uh, mention you or have a chat with you on the show. Eddie Caffrey's on his way with The Drive here on LMFM Radio. Stay with us. We'll be back on Monday with your late lunch from 1.30.